0: These are stories about why something might be working or an attempt that may be struggling for some reason. And I also find it helpful to think about what it's not. So it's not a good news puff piece, and it's not a kind of hero story about one person doing something exceptional. It's more about ideas than individual characters. And you know, a great solutions journalism story tends to be things that you know take a more systematic look at a problem and might be scalable or transferable.
1: Welcome to It's All Journalism. I'm Michael O'Connell here with another podcast about digital media makers and journalism that matters. And we're talking today about stories that matter and change communities. The Tau Center for Digital Journalism just released a report on Solutions Journalism, a strategy for newsrooms to tell stories that elicit positive change in communities. Today via Skype, I'm talking to Andrea Wenzel, one of the co-authors of the report. How are you doing, Andrea?
0: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, great. I'm, I'm glad that you're in here. But I guess, I guess before we get going here, could you, could you sort of tell me about your background you, as a journalist, how, how you got to the place where you are now?
0: Sure, of course. So I'm I'm kind of a recovering journalist. I worked in public radio in the US and then did international media projects and training for about 15 years, but then I went back to school where I'm now in a PhD program in communication at University of Southern California's Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism.
1: First of all, let's uh, about the report. Let's let's start with the definition. What do you mean by solutions journalism?
0: So, the, I think the Solutions Journalism Network offers a really helpful definition on this. And they say that solutions journalism is rigorous and compelling reporting on responses to social problems. You know, so these are, these are stories about why something might be working or an attempt that may be struggling for some reason. And I also find it helpful to think about what it's not. So it's not a good news puff piece and it's not a kind of hero story about one person doing something exceptional. It's more about ideas than an individual character and, you know, a great solutions journalism story tends to be things that, you know, take a more systematic look at a problem and might be scalable or transferable.
1: Can you sort of give an example of what that type of story might be?
0: So, for example, um, a story where you're looking at a police department's new initiative on mental health, um, you know, where they're going around and, and talking to people or, or demonstrating a project that they're doing where they found a way to that works to, you know, handle mental health issues and, you know, it's something that other folks might hear in other cities and be like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if that could apply to some of the challenges we're having or, you know, that it's, it's something that looks at a social problem, but tries to focus on what's being done to try to address it.
1: The Tao Center just released this report. And and what was it you were trying to set out to do with this report?
0: So one of the arguments people make about solutions journalism is it's sort of antidote to terribly depressing news, <laughs> that basically audiences feel disempowered sometimes by by the news that they get, and that solutions journalism can be a way to engage audiences more, a way to get folks to you know read stories and also talk about it with friends and maybe even think about how they can get involved in some way. And there's been some research on this by folks like the Solutions Journalism Network and the Engaging News Project, and there's been some promising things, some mixed things, but most of it's used sort of national level quantitative studies. And so for our Tau study, we wanted to try to complement this by looking at the local level, looking at you know, what, what did people feel about solutions journalism when it was about their own communities. And, and we wanted to hear more about you know, why people felt the way they did by using qualitative focus groups so we could kind of really dig in to understand it.
1: So uh, what was your methodology here? I I know, you know, having read the report, you sort of focus on a community in uh, South Los Angeles.
0: Yes. Yeah. So we we focused on a community in South Los Angeles and we used focus groups. So we, you know, talked to 48 African-American and Latino residents of South Los Angeles. Um, And this was following up on a series that we had done in conjunction with a research group called the Metamorphosis Project. And they had done this series leading up to the 50th anniversary of the Watts Riots, where they got together community organizations and local media to do a series of solutions journalism stories. Um, And these stories looked at things like, you know, health, jobs, housing, education, public space. And we wanted to understand how do residents from South LA feel about how their community was covered. And so we organized these six focus groups and you know, had folks, you know, read the stories and actually read a solutions version and a non solutions version, and then talk about the stories, but also talk about sort of the larger context of media coverage of their community.
1: So what were some of the conclusions you were able to take away from that?
0: Overall, you know, people responded pretty well to the sort of problem-solving orientation of solutions journalism. And, you know, they said they'd like They'd be more likely to seek out news and share stories with friends or family if it was a solutions-oriented story. If those kinds of stories were more common, but they did have some concerns, and you know they were afraid you know, they didn't want just good news. They were concerned that, you know, we, we do need to know about the problems, you know. And we don't want people to think that, you know, all the problems have been solved. But, you know, a lot of times their concerns had a lot to do with the the overall context of living in a community that has a long history of being stigmatized. And so, you know, they they didn't want media to just show the bad stuff, but they also, you know, they wanted um to find media that would, you know, show their community by, you know, including people who were articulate and could give, you know, a better range of, of perspectives from their community. So they were intrigued by solutions journalism, but they thought it could be even stronger if it included more community input and had more follow-up coverage. So they, they thought it would be something that, you know, they would like to see more, but they were still kind of overall skeptical about, you know, how the media would go about it.
1: So in in practical terms, how does solutions journalism work? You know, how is it different from, you know, just somebody going to the community to to report a story?
0: I think it's not necessarily that different. I think, you know, solutions journalism shares a lot in common with, you know, good investigative reporting. You know, the, the best stories take a critical look at a social problem, but it puts the efforts to solve a problem at the center instead of just kind of tacking it on at the end. So it, you know, it has the same issues as far as requiring a lot of resources.
1: So what types of stories work best? Is it, is it something that you, you know, like? look at a community and say, okay, we want to address you know, a particular problem or we want to reflect some aspect of the community that may not be being representative well in, their, in our coverage?
0: I think you know, any, any issue, any social challenge could be covered from a solutions angle. I think it's, I don't think it's necessarily one particular kind of story. Um, I think it's, it's similar to like, you know, investigative reporting and enterprise reporting, where it's not like a reactionary kind of reporting It's something that takes work and takes investigation and kind of, you know, looking for what are like examples of unusually successful projects, as well as just looking at, you know, what's, what's the big fire, what's going wrong
1: is then that sort of the end result is that you get you the the public more engaged in the news and then also maybe having them better represented in the in the coverage that you're doing
0: that's hopefully yeah i mean i think the you know there's been some studies that have shown that solutions journalism coverage has you know a better success rate as far as people clicking on the stories and also sharing them with other people it's it's something that needs more research but you know the definitely, you know, as far as particularly when you're talking about underserved communities and stigmatized communities, I mean, this is a hugely valuable thing for them. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, it, it it gives people a fuller understanding of what their community is. And it makes them more likely to say, oh, you know, this is something that I could get involved in possibly or I think for, you know, for communities that have been underserved to have coverage that doesn't just show, you know, the crime, the you know, poverty all the kind of stories that they see as quote typical stories for about their community having solutions journalism coverage of those sorts of communities is especially valuable and it also i think adds to the likeliness of greater levels of civic engagement and this is something that you know some of the co- of the research has shown so far and also ref- was reflected in what people we spoke to as far as people saying, you know what, when I read a story like this, it makes me think. Well, maybe, maybe there's something I could do about this issue. Maybe I could volunteer. So, for example, one of the stories people read was about an effort to um, do something about vacant lots in their community. And there was, you know, some lots had been transformed into little parks. And so people were thinking, oh, you know, how could we go about getting involved in this issue in our in our own neighborhoods? And it, it featured people from the community who were, you know, thoughtful and articulate and doing good work. And this was something that they felt they did not see enough of. So it had a benefit in that way.
1: Yeah, it benefits, I would imagine, for the way they are seen in the community, but then also how the larger community, the larger audience of whatever the media outlet is, uh, they begin maybe to see a community that typically might people might think is you know, marginalized or, you know, it has a lot of violence or, or you know, that not reflected maybe in sort of telling how that community actually is, I guess is probably the easy way to say it or the roundabout way to say it. So how is this different from earlier efforts to engage communities in a more positive manner in approach to covering reporting the news like uh, peace journalism or civic journalism?
0: Sure. I mean, I think it follows in the footsteps of these other kinds of movements, um, these things that saw a more active role for journalists, thinking that journalists should be actively trying to engage the public. And I think, you know, peace journalism it tried to question journalists' tendency to just focus on conflict, but it took a more advocacy journalism approach than solutions journalism. And civic journalism tried to engage audiences as potential participants in problem solving. And I think solutions journalism relates to this camp- Camp, but maybe puts efforts to address social problems even more at the core of stories.
1: In taking this sort of social journalism uh, approach, you, you sort of mentioned advocacy. How do journalists avoid drifting into advocacy? Uh, you know, can solutions, can solutions journalists really kind of be truly objective?
0: Well, I mean, I would question honestly whether objectivity is possible for any journalists. Um, I think you know balance is possibly something more realistic to strive for. But I think I think solutions journalism has the same problems as any journalism. I think it's not the genre is not meant to advocate for one solution or you know this is the best solution. It's not supposed to be PR, and it needs reporting on a an attempt with the same kind of critical eyes any story would have. So it's just saying that journalists can play a valuable role by focusing on the pursuit of solutions.
1: Yeah, one of the things that that was in the report, and it probably wasn't necessarily a a big thing in it, but it started get me thinking about how the different ways that journalists cover news. That we talk about people who who do health journalism. Mm, um, mm -hmm. That it's that it's you know they have sort of a different approach to it. We're we're going to be reporting all these different aspects of it, but is and it's in service of the reader. You may not be advocating stuff, but your your approach is different. And I, and I think, you know, in sort of the way that I began to see solutions journalism described in the report, that that's maybe kind of what we're thinking about, is that, you know, a different sort of way of approaching journalism so that it's, you know, helping people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that part of the journalist's role, it's not only to talk about, you know, what the crisis is and what's going wrong, but also to think about, you know, what what is going well, and how can we learn from that?
1: Right, exactly. Now the challenge is what challenges do newsrooms face in adopting a, a social journalistic approach? Is this something that can be a s- sustainable? Is it something to be just sort of a part of their general coverage, or is somebody going to be more successful you know going all in and this is the type of journalism we're going to do?
0: I think it's something that could be integrated into general coverage. Um, I think it's sort of just an orientation that you can ask you know, about any coverage that you do, like, what could a solution be to this issue? And, and I think that, you know, doing some of these stories has the same sort of resource challenges as investigative and enterprise stories, in that they require more time, they require, you know, more resources to do. But I, I think that, you know, the payoff is definitely worth it. And I think you can make an argument for that investment, you know, in that it can lead to more engaged audiences.
1: Yeah and, and we sort of talked around this sort of engagement here but one of the things you know uh, this is sort of this adage in journalism that if it bleeds it leads we have this idea that new that the news that people want and that they're going to be mostly engaged in are things like you know, crime and violence, things that, that are going to impact them directly. You know, by comparison, how engaging are, are solu- solutions journalism stories to audiences?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's understandable why people are attracted to negative stories. I mean, if you think about evolution, it's like you want to know when there's a threat. But I mean, people... Also, I mean, people in South LA that we talked to, they found values at times to negative stories. You know, sometimes this was information that could help them avoid a certain block if there was a safety concern or a gang issue going on in a certain area. But at the same time, studies of solution journalism show that they actually might be more effective at engaging audiences. People are only going to, people get fatigued from the negative stories sometimes, and they might rather click on a story that's something a little bit different, something that is about a solution. And those can have a direct effect on them, too. I mean, the stories about, you know, these efforts to transform vacant lots into parks, I mean, this had a direct effect for the people we talked about, talked with. They were saying, oh, well, you know, if this is going on, then I'm actually able to take my grandkid there to play, you know? So these things can have, like, just as much of an effect on people's daily lives, But yeah, I mean, I think like the actual engagement piece needs more research and investigation. But I don't think that we can assume that the negative stories are going to be more engaging.
1: Now, you looked at South Los Angeles and and, uh, we talked a little bit and also the report sort of addresses stigmatized communities and sort of using this sort of approach to, you know, change the way those communities are being covered. But solutions journalism can work pretty much anywhere in any type of community. Is Is that correct?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, in most efforts to look at solutions, journalism have been a little bit broader as far as looking at national audiences and looking at, you know, just dis- communities in general. So, yeah, there's no reason it couldn't be relevant for any community.
1: Can you talk about any of those sort of broader Solutions journalism efforts.
0: I, I can very briefly, but I can say that if people are interested in finding out more about that, they should look at the Engaging News Project and um, the Solutions Journalism Network, where they've done some kind of more um, quantitative big surveys of people, where they look at you know a version of a story that's a solutions oriented story and a version that's not, and compare you know how long do people stay on the page, what you know what are they more likely to click on. Um, you know, how, how likely are they to share it with someone? So looking at it, how, how does it impact, or how can you measure the impact of solutions stories versus non-solutions stories? And those have been promising, but there, there has been some mixed results.
1: So how, you know, what solutions do you give in your solutions journalism uh, <laughs> a, a paper or report <laughs> about, uh, you know, how, how newsrooms can sort of integrate this into what they're doing?
0: Sure. I mean, I think there's a few things that we made recommendations about in this paper, and you know, some of them particularly have you know particular value for communities that are stigmatized. Um, so, I mean, in communities where there's been sort of damaged relations with the media, we think that this is a really great opportunity for media to kind of reconnect with communities in a positive way, and. The model that the Metamorphosis Research Group developed of connecting community organizations with local media and residents to do stories, we think is really worth pursuing and and investigating more. But, you know, there's also other things that newsrooms can think about as far as engaging residents in the process more of doing solution storytelling. And this might be things like outreach tools to connect media to people, like, things like Harkin or Listening Post, and these sorts of things that can kind of involve people in asking questions and involve them in the process. And it also might be things like community foundations, investing in, you know, working to, to get community organizations and residents to communicate more with journalists um, and to try to kind of strengthen the infrastructure. So I think, you know, there's some things that the Dodge Foundation does around this and others. But, you know, because sometimes there's a gap between, communities and journalists that's just about it's more about the language and the culture of talking about stories you know when really you know the stories that everyone wants to hear about might be the same and so you know I think ultimately like just trying to see like how newsrooms can explore this more I think sometimes just the word solutions journalism is intimidating and maybe put some people off but it's really not that different than just doing really good journalism. Um, it's just thinking about, you know, what role can people play that, you know, may have better engagement outcomes in the end and might really help people's reporting have a greater impact.
1: Now, it, you know, a, a lot of the people who listen to our podcast are, are new journalists or, uh, you know, are just coming mm-hmm. into the career and, and, you know, how can somebody, you know, go in, go into solutions journalism, and, you know, maybe try to integrate it into uh, their newsroom, which may not be thinking about. Well,
0: I mean, I, you know, I would recommend reading up on examples of solutions journalism. The, again, the Solutions Journalism Network does have a lot of resources. They have a sort of like how to do it and like tips on like, how to use data databases to kind of get ideas for possible stories and just examples of what some other newsrooms have been doing, um, that might kind of demystify it a little bit and make it something that makes a little bit more concrete sense. But I, I think that just, you know, even just asking, you know, what's, What's, surprisingly, what's going surprisingly well in my community or maybe in another community? And, and you know, why, why is it working or, or why is it not working? Because it's not always just the positive story. I mean, it can also be like, here's an attempt that, that worked in some ways, but really fell flat in others. It's just asking the why about you know, how, what can we learn from this attempt to address this social challenge.
1: So what do you hope people take away from this report?
0: I hope people think both about you know what they might be able to take from solutions journalism for their own reporting in their own newsrooms but also think a little bit about how they're covering communities that are historically stigmatized and thinking about how they invest their reporting resources in those communities you know it can be things like maybe we should try to see if we can hire a reporter who's from those communities or maybe it's just we need to give people, the time to connect with communities long enough that they can do follow-up coverage, that they can really get to know what are the local sensitivities and how people might feel about being represented a certain way. And just kind of investing more in that, because I think that's you know a good takeaway in general, not just for solutions journalism, but I think solutions journalism op- offers a great opportunity, particularly for those communities.
1: Yeah. We've had a, a number of podcasts recently where we're, we've been talking about Uh, diversity and how, you know, newsrooms may be not as diverse as they need to be and how maybe they're not reflecting the diversity of the communities. And, you know, this certainly seems like a way to, you know, bridge that gap, trying to get yourself into that community in in a positive way, make the community know more about who you are and and what you're trying to do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's like not just, you know, it, it, I think it's great for media who want to connect with communities to think, you know, not just about what stories they tell, but the way those stories are told, you know, like how, who is telling them and how, are, what angle are they using? And what person do they choose to represent a certain perspective? You know, are they, you know, are they really thoughtful about that and not doing it in ways that just kind of reproduce stereotypes?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. That's, that's something, you know, people forget this is journalism. It can be hard uh, (laughs) and and it should be hard. I think we need to challenge ourselves and and make sure that we're just not, you know, continuing falsehoods and, and and false perceptions of things and actually tell the stories that are there. And sometimes that requires getting a little deeper into the community uh, so that you're actually sort of understanding it and begin to see things from other people's eyes. Fascinating. Now, this is this is a really great report, and, and I highly recommend that people read it. Um, I'm going to have the, the link uh, on our website. Uh, so, what's next for you?
0: Uh, well, <laughs> I'm not. I'm in Chicago. I'm actually working on my dissertation research, which is a little bit different. But I'm I'm interested in continuing to look into solutions journalism and also, you know, efforts to um, help local media outlets listen to communities so I mean, I'm very interested in you know things like Harkin and the Listening Post and those sorts of things but just you know keep being an eye on this issue cuz I think it's going to keep there's a lot of dynamic projects going on and I just want to kind of keep keep my eye on them
1: <laughs> yeah we we had just had a podcast where we were talking to a couple of people from the Dodge Foundation about the work they're doing in New Jersey and yeah. they, they talked about Listening Post and, and Harkin and it's so weird you know if you think about it the journalists, what we're supposed to do is go out there and talk to people. And just the idea that we, we maybe aren't listening as well as we should be. is kind of fascinating to me sometimes. I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's it's our basic skill. We're supposed to listen first and then, and then report. But
0: uh, yeah, it's sometimes it's hard to connect with the people that, I mean, sometimes it's easier to listen to the same people, I guess, right. (laughs) The people who are more vocal or who know how to reach you and you know how to reach them. And so it's, I think it's harder to find those people who maybe. You know, your news outlet hasn't had a great history of connecting with. And and that's something that I think is really interesting. And there's people who are, are kind of poking at that and trying to figure that out. And that's that's fascinating.
1: Yeah. Get new voices in your in your journalism. That's that's super important. The pe- that's the people, a big challenge. the people that you talk to, but also the people that you're having to ask those questions to diversify your workforce. This has been great, Andrea. Uh, like I said, I really enjoy the p- report. I'm going to make sure it gets shared on our uh, our website. Thanks for for talking to us. This has been great. Thank you. My pleasure. Next time on, it's all journalism. I try to spend a lot of time reading, you know, news reports and tweets and Facebook posts from the different parts of the world where I'm covering, talk to experts who might be able to see the reactions from those countries with a bit more context that can kind of fuel why it is that people are doing the way the things that they are, because it's too easy to just sort of disregard this as one unified insurgent campaign that's spreading across the world. It's actually many different sort of fractured kinds of campaigns that are going on here and getting that that sort of cultural perspective i think is the easiest way to start in our next episode i talked to paul shinkman of u.s news and world report about covering the national security scene you've been listening to it's all journalism a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news find out more about us and download past episodes at it's you can also find us on itunes stitcher soundcloud and now google play subscribe on any of those platforms to get our podcast delivered straight to your ears this week's podcast was produced by me, Michael O'Connell, and Nicole Grisco. It's all journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening.